The Chicago White Sox won a series. Their first since May 22nd. The Sox beat the Rays two out of three games this past weekend. Lots of production from Jake Berger and Danny Mendick. Uh, two guys you probably didn't expect to be spark plugs for the Sox in June. But hey, whatever works. Can the Sox start getting into a rhythm? Maybe find some consistency? Hopefully these past two games are a sign of some things to come for the good guys that wear black. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong, diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. I really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk White Sox. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, are the 2022 White Sox a version of the 1983 Sox? Going to talk about that. Also, Tim Anderson still on the shelf. Danny Mendick is making the most of his time. But first, the White Sox limped down to Tampa, but they took care of business this past weekend. Sunday, uh, the Sox finished off. Uh, the series beating the uh, beating the Rays six to five. Sox took two of three from Tampa. Uh, state of the Sox right now: they are twenty five and twenty seven, still chasing the Twins uh, and Cleveland. Uh, Sunday was the fifty second game of the season, and we had the fifty second different lineup. I'm uh, going to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a bad thing in certain spots. Um, game one was, of course, on Friday uh, against Tampa, and it was bad. It was a start Start to the series was very ugly for our White Sox as they lost 6-3. to three. Uh, Davis Martin got the start after Vince Velasquez was a last-second scratch because he pulled a groin while shagging fly balls during batting practice. Uh, Martin had a rough first inning on Friday, gave up four runs, but settled down. Uh, Sox had 11 hits, but only three runs to show for it. Ended up losing that game. Saturday, much more exciting. Um, had a comeback win. And then you're wondering, okay, what did the White Sox, what did front office, what did the management, what did Larusa and team learn from that win on Saturday? How could they potentially use that? Uh, moving forward. Uh, and it was great to see Mendick, who had two hits on Saturday, leading off uh, Berger in the lineup after that big pinch hit home run. We'll talk more about. Uh, you just want to start seeing some consistency. You know, I know I'm not the only one talking about it, but I have talked quite a bit on this podcast about getting consistent lineups going. Uh, were lessons learned 
on Saturday. It seemed like they were a little bit on Sunday, even though it was the 52nd different uh, lineup. Uh, it was nice to see Mendick and, and Vaughn one, two at the top there. Uh, sometimes, you know, players just force their way through and, you know, they're given opportunities, but they got to take advantage of those opportunities. And Berger is a guy that is such a feel good story. He has had some issues over the last few years. Um, you just, you were wondering if you were ever going to see Berger play at the big league level after setback, after setback, is he going to get an opportunity? Mankata is the guy at third. Where does he fit in? And with Mankata struggling, and we don't know what kind of health issues Mankata is going through, but you know his numbers are horrible. Uh, Berger has been getting some playing time, and he's been taking advantage of it. He can he can play defense. Berger, uh, he's got a strong arm, very quick over at third. Uh, but it was his offense this past weekend uh, that we're going to be talking about. And the Sox didn't waste any opportunities on Sunday. First inning, wow, we have been waiting for this. Uh, as a fandom. Where has this been? Uh, first time scoring multiple runs in the first and second in inning this season. Uh, coming into the game, the Sox were three for 35 with the bases loaded. Uh, that changed. Mendick, Vaughn, Berger all getting in on the action in the first inning. Sox were up 4 nothing. Uh, Berger was added again in the second inning with another double. It was 6 to nothing uh, in the second. And the Sox, Chase Yarborough, who for Tampa, he only went one and two-thirds of an inning through 68 pitches, couldn't even get out of the second. I mean, when was the last time that happened where the Sox were the punishers? They were the guys uh, chasing a, a pitcher. Usually it's been happening to us. Uh, Sox had three extra base hits and two walks through the first two innings. You really felt like this was going to be one of those blowouts it had all the makings. Uh, Sacks definitely fizzled a little bit, though. Talk about the fourth here. Uh, you know, Robert came up and and ripped a single, almost threw the Tampa shortstop. You know, he and his exit velocity have been well documented. Uh, Robert was two for three at this point in the fourth inning. Abreu follows up with a single. You know, it's six nothing, and it was just nice to see at this point. The Sox, you know, keeping the pedal to the metal. Uh, however, they did not score that inning. Uh, Berger was up with two on, nobody out. He hit into a double play, uh, got Robert to third, and then Grandal popped out. For, for a moment there in the fourth, uh, it was nice to, to see that. There were a lot of wasted opportunities. Um, it started off with a bang, uh, six nothing after the second. Uh, you're like, what team am I watching here on a Sunday on a getaway on a getaway day? Could have had more, should have had more. Here's the final uh, offensive line for our White Sox. They had six runs on Sunday, 16 hits, uh, only struck out three times. Uh, they had two walks. They were four for 14 with runners in scoring position, uh, four extra base hits. Uh, Berger in the series, three for eight, four RBIs, a home run and two doubles. His last seven games, eight for 26, two home runs, six RBIs. His slash line, uh, 308, 357, 654. Uh, it is just great to see that guy uh, get it going, and you got to now find ways to play him. You got to, and that, that might mean, you know, Garcia, we might not see you for a while. 
Uh, that might mean, you know, Harrison, we might not see you for a while. Maybe Sheets uh, is not going to be the DH. Maybe it's going to be Berger if he's not in the field. Berger has got to be playing. He's your hot hand, along with Vaughn, uh, who was three for five on Sunday. Mendick had a great series, came up with some big hits, uh, especially on Saturday. He was one for five on Sunday, though. But Mendick throwing some some leather, too, some good defense. Um, the Sox did not score after the second inning on Sunday. And that, you know, that's a little troublesome. They had an opportunity to put their, you know, foot down on uh, Tampa's throat. And it just, you know, it didn't go their way. Uh, again, they were building off of Saturday, uh, of what went on on Saturday. And offensively, not a ton was happening on that game two of the series on Saturday. They, they did not score the sacks until the eighth inning. It was Adam Engel, Danny Mendick, uh, who was three for 10 in the series, and then Berger with a pinch hit bomb in the eighth. Uh, that's really how it went uh, to get the Sox uh, back on top. Uh, Cease, you know, you look at his line and you're like, oh, only gave up one hit and two runs, but uh, he went four and two thirds of an inning, gave up a hit, two runs, seven walks, though, and five strikeouts. Um, you know, it could have it could have gone it could have gone worse. He was lucky. I, that's just not a way you want to live over and over is giving up seven walks. Uh, again, it, it didn't bite him as bad as it could have on Saturday, but it's not it's not the consistent way. It's not you, you do not want to play with fire like that over and over. Cease has got an ERA of three point three nine. Uh, Graveman came in uh, for the bottom half late in the game on Saturday. Uh, in the eighth, it didn't go as well as planned. Runners on on the corner with one out, but he got a big strikeout. Then an outstanding play from Danny Mendick uh, to get out of the inning. Um, huge save by Hendricks on Saturday. You got a White Sox winner. It, it felt like forever, uh, and it was nice to see Tony Larusa and crew. Whoever is talking into Tony's ear. Uh, tell them, hey, I think there's some things on Saturday that we should learn from. We should repeat on Sunday. And it was nice to see that now. You got a two-game winning streak. Uh, nice to take two or three from Tampa and uh, come in on this off day. So uh, Giolito was throwing on Sunday. He was on cruise control until he wasn't. Uh, Sunday was a great example of hindsight is maybe 2020. Uh, I'm going to tell you why Graveman coming in for relief was a big deal for a second day in a row. Uh, more on that in a moment. I want to tell you about Athletic Greens. I've been taking AG1, their flagship product, for over three weeks now and have noticed improvement in my overall metabolism, better sleep, and I just uh, feel better. Uh, so what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. Uh, this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, is recommended by professional athletes, and trusted by leading health experts. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year 
supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that it's athleticgreens slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, we have an important favor to ask of you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Lockdown podcasts. Go to LockdownPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. Really appreciate your help. Uh, so we're going to talk a little pitching and defense uh, from Sunday's game, especially Sox, you know, calling on Giolito. Uh, let's see if we can get two in a row here. Cease wasn't uh, magnificent, but he was serviceable. Um, and Giolito, you know, he, I still consider him the ace and he, he had it going. He had it going early on for a while, actually. Uh, he had a quick inning in the first, uh, had only 33 pitches after two innings. Fourth inning, there was some traffic on the base paths from Tampa, runners at first and second. Uh, Gia was battling and he got out of it with zero damage. 59 pitches uh, after four innings. You know, things were moving right along uh, until really the wheels came off in the sixth. And there was some sloppy, some very unfortunate, just downright bad and horrible defense. Uh, Grandal at first on Sunday, uh, he just missed handling. He basically just didn't catch a ball uh, that was thrown to him. And it, it kept the inning alive. And there was a rough attempt by Vaughn in right field. Uh, some big hits by the Rays. They capitalized. They scored four runs. Uh, in that inning, made it six to five. So Giolito was was up in the pitches, you know, before that inning. You know, the Sox had an have an off day here on Monday, and you're wondering, you know, maybe you can unload the bullpen. Maybe Giolito doesn't need to come out for the sixth, you know. But he was on cruise control. And how many times have you seen the starter leave a game, and and then the you know, the opposition jumps all over the bullpen. I, it's a tough call. I think if maybe LaRusa had to do it over again, maybe he would have, you know, let Giolito be done after five innings and then went uh, to the bullpen, especially with that day off on Monday. But the bullpen got the job done on Sunday. Giolito's final line was six innings, eight hits, five runs, but only two of them were earned, uh, two strikeouts, I'm sorry, two walks, only three strikeouts, which was interesting. The changeup really wasn't doing what he wanted it to do. And he gave up those two home runs with, you know, uh, at least a home run or two home runs seems to be the calling card for Giolito. Uh, Giolito's ERA is 3.54. He threw 109 uh, pitches on Sunday. So talking about that bullpen, a bummer came in. Uh, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been lights out as of late. There's been some really bizarre, awkward moments between him and Tony LaRusa. If you've been paying attention to the video, um, when LaRusa has come to get him in a few of these games lately, it's 
it's like Bummer's not even looking at Larusa. He is so mad either at himself or at Larusa for coming to get him. It's been icy, and I was wondering, you know, is there going to be a situation where Bummer gets yanked, or we're going to have another one of those? But Bummer got the job done, and actually there was all smiles as he went back to the dugout. Larusa first one there uh, to give him a high five. Eighth inning. A Graveman, I didn't think we were going to see Graveman on back-to-back days. There's been a lot of, you know, articles and information out there as of late about workload management for Graveman, how he's been using data this year to track, you know, his availability and, you know, how he can stay fresh throughout the whole season and into the postseason. And he's been using this data and having conversations with the White Sox and, I thought, you know, being used on Saturday, we're probably not going to see him, but it was a great sign that he came in on Sunday and he struck out the side. I mean, I think that is awesome. Uh, and if he can go back to back days here and there, especially with having Monday off, I think that was important to have him throw. And then Hendricks came in for the ninth. He was electric, 9,900 miles per hour and uh, had an easy one, two, three. He gets his 16th save. And really the weekend, you know, the series were, it was about heroes we didn't expect much to, you know, we weren't going to hear about Mendick, Berger, or Engel as your heroes in 2022, especially as we're talking about here, June 2022. No way. This should be Robert, Moncada, Abreu, Anderson. Those are the guys, Grandal, that are carrying us. Maybe Vaughn, and Vaughn was involved. But to have big series from Mendick, Berger, you know, Ingle getting involved when he can, which he should be playing uh, far more. Um, it's just a fu- it's a fun sign. And it's good to see those guys get their due. They're making the most out of their opportunities. Now we got to see, hey, we got to see them continually ride those hot hands. Um, we got the day off on Monday. Hopefully the Sox brain trust talk about things. OK, what did we learn from this weekend? How can we set these guys up for success? Moving forward, how do you go back to Garcia over Mendick at this point, and and Sheets over Berger DHing? I, I'm you know play the best guys and put them at the top of the lineup. It shouldn't be this difficult. Stop with the matchups, the lefty righty stuff. Got to build off of this series win. You know, put out some consistent lineups this week against LA. Why? Not so. The Philadelphia Phillies uh, fired their manager Joe Girardi a few days ago, and uh, I want to talk about some of the things that happened over the weekend, is particularly that moment. And if will TLR or Han ever face the same fate this year? I'm going to tell you why that is never going to happen. Uh, more on that in a moment. Hey, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, some news from the weekend. It really started on Friday afternoon. Joe Girardi was fired. 
And uh, John Middleton, who's the acting owner uh, over there for the Philadelphia Phillies, you know, he does not care about spending money. He wants championships. I'm pretty sure he went on record a few years ago saying like, look, I've got all the money I possibly need. I'm looking to win championships. And uh, he's allowing Dave Dombrowski, the president of baseball operations, to do his job. They had no more patience uh, for Joe Girardi, and he got the axe. Um, that got a lot of people, especially on social media, talking about, wow, look at what the Phillies are doing. You know, can we make Tony LaRussa next? Is he the next man to go? What about uh, Menachino, our hitting coach? What about Rick Hahn? Why is he still around? And Bob Nightingale, who, you know, I don't know what you think about Bob Nightingale. He's always got something interesting to say uh, regarding the Sox. Uh, he wrote an article commenting on the Joe Girardi situation and and mentioned how, you know, Tony La Russa is safe uh, this year, which if, if you if you under if you've been following the White Sox at all, you know, for the past 10, 15, 20 years, I mean, of course, Tony La Russa is safe. Tony La Russa is going nowhere this year. And maybe he's not going anywhere in the offseason or beyond. Uh, this was, of course, a Jerry Reinsdorf hire. Uh, he forced Tony LaRussa on all of us, forced it on Rick Hahn. But, you know, Rick Hahn is just, he, he's a loyal soldier. Uh, he, he is a made man. Rick Hahn knows that his job is safe. Jerry Reinsdorf loves loyalty. That's why Kenny Williams is still in the job uh, that he's in. Rick Hahn is I think has this this GM job until he doesn't want it. And if I'm Rick Hahn, I'm saying, well, why leave a cush job? You know, I don't have to, <laughs> I, I'm not hold, being held accountable for anything. You know, I, I my job is safe. As long as I let things like the Tony La Russa hire happen and I don't question it, then I, I'm, you know, I'm a made man. And I wonder if deep down, if, if Han's saying, you know what? Yeah, I, I could try to be a GM somewhere else, but they might expect results. I might actually have to produce. I might actually put together, you know, some World Series contenders. You know, I might have to have better off seasons. And he might say, I don't think I can do that. I'd rather stay in this cush job. Just speculation. But folks, we saw what happened with Girardi. TLR is going nowhere. Rick Han is going absolutely nowhere. Uh, nothing changes as long as Jerry is around. You just got to hope and pray that these White Sox players, you know, they can, they can mesh, they can bond, they can start getting, you know, catching on fire here and, uh, and we can catch up to now Cleveland and Minnesota. There was a White Sox survey that was sent out. I don't know if you got this in your email uh, inbox. Uh, you know, they do this from time to time, really odd time to send out a White Sox fan survey. Um, you know, I looked into it. I filled it out. I don't really believe much is being done. I bet you some intern is looking at these surveys and just laughing and they're just getting dumped into, you know, a garbage. Um, but I found one of the questions very interesting on this survey. The, the question was worded something like, how important is it to you that the White Sox are successful? I mean, the fact that they're writing that on the survey is troubling. I mean, I, I guess there's a, a certain section of fandom that probably not folks listening to White Sox podcast religiously, uh, that maybe there's a part of the fandom that, you know, is very passive. And you know what? I'm going to be a fan no matter what. And maybe that's why that question's on there. But I, I, some of the questions are really bizarre, um, very interesting. 
a lot of hype over comparing the 2022 season to the 1983 team. Uh, they th- they threw this up on the NBC Sports Chicago pregame the other day. Uh, identical records after 20 games, 25 games, and 50 games uh, between the 1983 Sox team and the 2022 Sox team. Of course, the 83 team went on to win 99 games, won the West by 20 games, and of course lost to the Orioles in the postseason. So what's the fate of this 2022 team? Uh, well, it's on a good streak right now. We've won two in a row, but I find that to be very interesting. A lot of people want to point to, well, the 1983 team wasn't doing so well, and then they caught fire. I think consistency is going to be important. A lot of consistency. We'll see what this team can do this week. It's a big week with LA coming to town. Uh, nice to see Lance Lynn on track to make his third and maybe final AAA start on Wednesday. And Aloy continues to play some injury-free baseball. Hope to see those guys back with the team by the end of the month, uh, at least. Hey, thanks for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcasts. We are on Twitter and Instagram, at LockedOnSox. You can find me on Twitter, at Nick underscore GGTB. Appreciate you making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. Now, you know uh, what to do here. Make your second listen, Lockdown MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, just call him Sully, uh, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Coming up on the next episode, really excited to be joined by Daniel Victor, writer for White Sox Daily. Uh, We're going to be talking about what is going on in the minor leagues. Uh, Excited for that. Thanks so much for making Lockdown White Sox part of your daily routine. I'm Nick Morawski. Until next time, go Sox.